I wish I was into astrology because I feel like it would explain so many things because there's this very communal experience that people are having Mm -hmm. right now. And it had even shifted before the fires that we had recently made it through. Mm -hmm. And so anxiety is huge. I think a lot more people were impacted by the pandemic and all of the shifts and changes we had to go through with the restrictions and all that kind of stuff. And just when we start to come back into normalcy-ish mm-hmm. times, that can be really jarring. Welcome to the Let's Not Sugarcoat It podcast, a podcast about the real, raw, and unfiltered side of motherhood. We're your hosts, Alex and Bella. Let's get into it, ladies. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. We are, oh, that's kind of like a Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> we are back in studio. <laughs> Um, today we have Paige Matheson. Uh, she is not an ordinary clinical counselor. With a psychiatric nurse, public speaker, and stand-up comedian background, mm-hmm. she brings a unique blend of expertise, empathy, and humor to her practice. Utilizing her professional and personal experiences with mental health care, Paige founded the group Practice Another Chapter Counseling. Her mission is to provide a safe and nurturing space where individuals can explore their stories, heal from their pain, and discover the resilience within themselves. As a workshop slash group facilitator, she's known to her perfect balance of she is known for her perfect balance of von. This is a that's a tongue twister for me. Vulnerability, von, vulnerability. Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. Insight and inspiration, leaving audiences feeling empowered and equipped to navigate navigate their own mental health journeys. Laughter therapy is a perfect example of combining education, increasing positive emotions, and processing difficulties in a new, unique way. Woo-hoo. Welcome, welcome, Paige. Yeah, so, so excited to have you. <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited because we did a workshop yeah. uh, with you at the Sheik Retreat with Amy. And it was so much fun. I could not <laughs> stop laughing. I know, it was <laughs> I was cackling. The whole room was cackling it's with so it. fun. So, yeah. So basically what happens when we just kind of let go mm-hmm. and to say, I don't care if I'm being weird. Yeah. Right. And just enjoying it and embracing it in a group. Yeah. Just yeah. beauty. Yeah. <laughs> I did it twice and I, I'm going to do it a third time, right? Are you doing it at the next retreat? No, oh. I'm hiking in Yoho. So Darn. I am um, going to be too tired when I get back to be able to- To laugh? To laugh. To, yeah. I'll laugh. <laughs> I might come to the after party, but the, yeah. the beginning phases, I'm going to nap. Good. It is. And yeah, laughter is so <laughs> contagious. Like there's one YouTube video. There's a guy on the bus or the train and he's watching something. It's like an experiment. And then he starts laughing out loud. Yes. And then, you know, people nearest to him start like, you know, smirking and chuckling. And then before you know it, everyone's laughing. Everybody's laughing. Yes. Right. So it is. I love that That's so nice. contagious laugh. Yeah. And he's so unapologetic because I know yeah. exactly what video you're talking. And he's yeah. unapologetically joyous. Yeah. Mm, like yeah. how often do we get these moments of being able to see someone just enjoying yeah. without stifling? It's yeah. just yeah, it's awesome. amazing. Life's we'll heavy enough. Link. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> put a link on the our thing. On the bottom. Yeah. yeah for it's it. A good it's video. a good video. I love it. I sometimes when I'm feeling down, yeah. I will put on because even though I've seen it so many times, at some point I start laughing. Yeah. Right? It's like you cannot not laugh. Yeah. Well, do tell us a little bit yeah. more about 
what makes you you? Yeah, um, I'm originally a Manitoban, so the friendly Manitoba vibe followed me here to BC. Mm -hmm. And I was a psych nurse or have been a psych nurse since uh, 2009. Mm -hmm. And throughout my time in that career, as much as I found a lot of fulfillment in a variety of different ways, um, the hospital environment, shocking, shocking news. (laughs) This is top tip. Um, It's stressful there. (laughs) And in my earlier journeys as a nurse, no one ever taught me about the importance of self-care and how essential it was. Like we knew about it, but I didn't know the science or the history of the reason why we Mm -hmm. need to prioritize ourselves. And shockingly, I got burnt out. And then I even had like a workplace mental health injury with a patient and I was off work for 10 months. And although that was one of the more traumatic moments in my life, it actually was the first time I'd actually slowed down Mm. and really processed Mm. what I was experiencing from my present circumstance at that time, but also a lot of my past shenanigans too. And so embracing and embodying. And this was all during the pandemic. So this was 2020. So 2020 was a rougher. (laughs) It was was a weird one, but it was really good to actually be able to sit back and be like, oh, I actually have to practice what I preach and Mm. really hone in on doing better for myself. Yeah. 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 So then did you go back to school to do counseling from there? You were like, this is my Yeah. What's wild about the timing of all of that happening is I had restarted my master's in September of 2019. So it was right before the pandemic hit. But what happened was I really realized my specialty was going to be healthcare providers and people who work in first responder type of work. Because there were the people who we don't reach out until it's a crisis time. And a lot of counselors, when they see a person that level of crisis can be like, I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I want to know what to do. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I want to help. That's awesome. Yeah, I feel like because I I do have a lot of nurse friends Mm -hmm. and family. And yeah, it's usually too late in a in a game to like pull yourself out you you really need help at that point yeah. right because it's like go 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 you're and not like fight and flight yep. when mm-hmm. you're saving others but then who comes and saves you yeah, yeah. right yeah and often we go into freeze mode we go into yeah. like that dissociative numbed out like our mm-hmm. nervous system just knows well don't feel there yeah right. just don't do that there yeah. and as much as stoicism that being able to make it through the tough stuff and move on mm-hmm. is a, obviously a good good skill and quality we also have to know how to release and mm-hmm. like clear that from our system yeah. so that we can continue to have longevity in the field. Mm-hmm. I, so I, that's I, where laughter comes in. Oh yeah, yeah big yeah. time. Dark dark humor. I love I love dark humor so much, and there's a time and place for it. I always read my audience, but um, they've actually coined it as relief or survival humor in mm-hmm. people who have been laughter special like specialties. Um, and when they've done research on it, which is mm-hmm. really, really cool. I yeah. was like, yeah, it is relief humor. It's taking a perspective, shifting it from this is horrible and tragic to it's horrible and tragic, but right. <laughs> it also is a really good way of um, lessening the intensity, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Kind of like, I guess, like laughing and crying. Those are good releases. Oh, big time. All the things. Yeah, I've seen different things that show that um, our tears actually are like snowflakes. They're all different. I heard that, yeah. And so when we like cry because of sadness or cry because we're angry, apparently it's different under a microscope. That's very Which is really funky. They release the hormones, do they not? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh. Yeah. I feel better after laughing. Yeah. <laughs> Although, you know, the crying helps. I just feel like 
a hangover the next uh, yeah, you for know, sure. you're mm-hmm. puffy or whatever. And I'm like, really? Like, is this a real release or am I just going to feel like shit for the rest of the day? You know? like, yeah. Totally. Where are my cucumbers? Put the shit on. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so I'm sure. like, I'd rather, can I just laugh? <laughs> yeah. I think, ah, yeah. But different releases, I guess, right? Different. And- like the more I get to know my own body and what it's craving when mm-hmm. I am getting fight or flighty or if I am kind of go- going more to like the shutdown mode, like knowing what I'm craving. Mm-hmm. So one day I'll be like, no, it's crying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going to be crying today. Yeah. And then just being able to put on a movie that's like just such a safe space to like provoke tears that mm-hmm. you can just allow yourself to release. Yeah, I guess I have to start a that's little a bit idea. more. I have a little bit with, you know, my dad passed in mm-hmm. uh, February and... um or end of January. And um, that numbness feeling mm-hmm. where, you know, you you shut it down. I shut it down. And slowly I have... Do you hear the grumbling in my stomach? I no? did hear oh, that now. You, yeah. you did, right? It <laughs> yeah. is so loud. And it's <laughs> <laughs> squirrel, but it's like... Grrr. Anyways, so yeah, like that numbness, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I found... I don't know how to release it because I don't want to go. I'd rather, I, you know, laughter. When I feel laughter, I feel like I'm releasing something, mm-hmm. you know, and in, the, in the darkest moments or in the most inappropriate places. Yep. I feel like laughing and I cannot <laughs> stop. I've been to a funeral and I had to leave. People thought I was crying. Oh. No, they, they thought I was crying, but I was like, <laughs> I covered my face and I barely knew the dude, right? Like yep. this was for somebody else. And I, hysterical laughter, like I had to leave and people were like, oh my gosh, she's so sad. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I was, I don't know. But what I does just, that like, mean? Like when you are when laughing. You, uh, during these moments, I think that's like a coping mechanism, it is. isn't it? Right? Yeah, like when more. you don't, yeah. Please, yeah. I, I read I'm a book gonna... called The Laughter Cure and he talked about it and I'm, tr- I'm totally drawing a blank on exactly why we do that. Mm-hmm. But what they've done with research on laughter is that it's a human connector. So humor, mm-hmm. if you laugh the same joke as I do, then we've connected. But yeah. it also can just be like a spontaneous like release of mm-hmm. energy. Yeah. And that's all they can really figure yeah. out. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I have that thing. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, please don't let it be at this. And then I just, I don't know, I think about it and I cannot stop. I wow. cannot stop. Wow. And then, you know, at that time, Lee was sitting with me and he's like, shut up. And then he starts <laughs> laughing a little bit. Right? It's like, so you're like, everyone's like, those it's assholes. Like, yeah, I know. It's like, it was like, we first oh. started dating and then like his, uh, we called him Uncle Putty. That's what they called <laughs> yeah. him. Whatever. He was like, cousin or somebody, yeah. whatever. Yeah. So I'm, I've never met him and... I told Lee I don't do funerals, but he's like the whole family's gonna like like the pressure of like new, new yeah. dating whatever like seventeen years ago. I'm like okay, I'll go, and then that's what I do. <laughs> like, and then he's like, you're never coming to a funeral. You're never yeah. coming. I'm like, I told you I can't do it. Right? So, oh, that's so uh, funny. Yeah, but so, it does happen, and it does happen yeah. to more people than most would admit. Yeah. yeah, but I've even I did breath work one time, and I was crying. And the person beside me thought I was laughing. And she's like, oh, I was feeding off your laughter vibes, man. And I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I fooled you. Yeah, that's funny. Hilarious. That's funny. Yeah. So like with kids, do they do a lot of laughter therapy with kids out there these days? I don't see a lot of laughter therapy, period. Yeah, that's okay. one of the things. It's so rare. And it's because they haven't been able to do enough research on it. Because how can you really, really get to the bottom of like whether laughter therapy helps? And actually, mm-hmm. the most places that they've done studies 
is through like cancer treatment mm. centers and trying to improve like that positive movie emotions. with Robin Williams. Yeah, yeah, he made everyone laugh. Yeah, Patch Adams vibes. Yeah, huh? Yeah, he's one of the more reasons that that movie is one of the reasons I went into mental health. Really? Because I loved Patch Adams and I wanted to be the healthcare provider who could provide above and beyond just the care, but also that social beauty. Was it such a stressful job to be in psychiatric nursing? As a psych nurse, yeah. Yeah, definitely. We're seeing people at their worst, right? Mm -hmm. And um, for the last seven years of my career, I was doing psych emerge nursing. So when people would arrive at the hospital, I would be the person who'd go out to the main wait area, um, do an interview with them, and then tell the doctors kind of what the next steps were or what my um, perceived next steps should be. And we don't get to give a lot of quality care in that. And for me, that didn't feel as patient-centered as I would have loved for Mm -hmm. it to be. And although I work alongside amazing nurses, we really do truly have amazing teams in the ER and on on psych, um, both in the ICU and the regular psych, but we're burnt out because there's not enough resources for us. And Mm -hmm. also we don't often have enough resources for our patients. So even when we do get them back to baseline, if we can get them back to baseline, there's still very limited resources that they can access afterwards. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's hard. And is it, okay, I'm not, this is an annoying question, but like I was (laughs) telling you before we started that all I can think of with psychiatric nursing is that one flew over the cuckoo's nest movie. Yeah. So is it like that or is that just like so old school that's what it was like before? It was definitely like that before because I have nurses that I've worked alongside who've been in large facilities like that. Um, I love when people come to the unit and they're like, oh my God, like everybody's just kind of like the same. There's a few Mm -hmm. people who are really, really chronically ill and there's some people who are just there because they've had really chronic anxiety. There's a plethora of humans, mm-hmm. everybody there. Yeah. Every single person from every single walk of life is on that unit. Huh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know. I guess I just like sensationalized it. I just visualized, I, blah, blah, can't speak. <laughs> I just visualize everybody with like straight jackets and like, you know, but it's not like that. No, no. Straight no. jackets are illegal. They have told oh, us no right. to them. Uh, we do have some closure rooms. Shouldn't put one on my children. No, oh, no, they frown. They uh, frown on that. Right. Okay. <laughs> huh. So tell us comedy. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. how did you get into comedy? Because yeah. that's like opposite. Very like, much. Yeah. I mean, you know, I get the connection with the laughter, yeah. you know, but then, you know, those two nurse, psychiatric nurse counseling comedian. It's because yeah. she's so witty. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the, was it, I actually happened upon comedy by complete fluke because when I was in Manitoba, I was a musician. Um, and for many years, I was a wedding singer. And so I was very much used to being on stages and stuff like that. But then when I came out here, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Hadn't been in a band for a while. And the one person I knew in Kelowna, her boyfriend runs the comedy club mm. at Dakota's. And so I went there and did open mic and made jokes about Pokemon Go and I wasn't great, but it was really fun. And mm-hmm. then I've just continued to build it from there. Not so much this past year with my business, but yeah, it's been really fun. Yeah. I feel like you're a brave person because like, I can't imagine being like, you know what? I'm just going to go stand up in front of all these people. <laughs> and I've never tried comedy before. I write a bunch of jokes. I don't think I can even write a joke. It is hard to write jokes. It's not just like saying something funny. There's actually like a structure to it. And I've now since read a book called The Comedy Bible on how to write jokes. Mm. And I'm like, it's like, Mind you mean well. I just tried these a hundred times until they were funny? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, there's a method. Okay. Yeah. There's a method. Like, I think there's also like storytelling. Yeah. Totally. Right? Like you 
I feel the greatest comedians pull from their life. Totally. Stuff, right? And if you can make fun of yourself, um, I think that will draw the audience in. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not like, I'm funny. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm telling a story about something stupid that yeah. I did, right? And then, but I can't imagine going on stage and be like, so you don't know me. Because, you know, in a group yeah. of friends, they know you. So yes. they, they know like you're goofy, you're klutzy, you're this yep. and that. So the story you tell, they can visualize you because right. you're friends. But to be able to tell your story to complete strangers who have no clue about your life or anything yeah. is is quite a art. Yeah. Well, when you win them over right at the start, like they say yeah. that what you got to do is try and get people to laugh every 17 seconds. The best oh, comedians wow. can make people laugh every 17 seconds. So that mm-hmm. includes like quick quips in between things before getting to the final punchline. And yeah. I'm like, I give huge kudos to people who are one-liner comedians because yeah. I'm like, how many one-liners do you have? 200? Yeah, like, yeah so many. <laughs> well, you got to have them in the back pocket. You got to have them. Yeah. 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 Wow. So, yeah. So then you're also, you have your counseling. Tell us a little mm-hmm. bit more about, like, what are you seeing uh, these days? Like, what are... So much anxiety. Yeah. So much anxiety. We as a society are so overstimulated and mm-hmm. we're over it. <laughs> I yeah. feel like we're in this weird... <clears throat> I wish I was into astrology because I feel like it would explain so many things because there's this very communal experience that people are having Mm -hmm. right now. And it had even shifted before the fires that we had recently made it through. Mm -hmm. And so anxiety is huge. I think a lot more people were impacted by the pandemic and all of the shifts and changes we had to go through with the restrictions and all that kind of stuff. And just when we start to come back into normalcy-ish mm-hmm. times, that can be really jarring for yeah. the system because suddenly we're going from a space where we're constantly being told, like, if you leave your house, you're going to kill somebody by breathing. Right. Or if you leave your house, you could kill someone. And yeah. there's all of these awful moments that we were having to be subjected to with media and everything. Like, I just stopped watching the news because I was like, I don't, mm-hmm. don't want to. Yeah. It's yeah. not nice. And even with comedy, we were using um, COVID as like a coping skill and like doing lots of jokes about it. Then it hit a point where everyone was like, it's not even funny anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, we can't even find the funny in it. And yeah. I was like, man, if we're not thinking that glory holes are hilarious anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I guess people were just tired of it, right? Like yeah. over it. Yeah. 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 It was just constant. There was no light at the end of the tunnel. So comedy couldn't even bring us out of it. Cause like for the longest time we're like, oh yeah, it'll get better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, again, we're getting disappointed. So we definitely hit a point where we were done. So now what do we do with that energy? If we can't laugh about that energy, what can we do? And so I'm often working with people with fight or flight um, and freeze and really trying to regulate the nervous system Mm -hmm. and acknowledging some of the traumas that people have been through, whether we identify it as trauma or we just identify it as like a very distressing time. But trauma in my mind is just anything that overwhelms the nervous system that our nervous system cannot manage or maintain. And that if we're going through hit after hit, our body can't do that natural going back to homeostasis, as they say. So getting back to a balanced baseline because we're just keep getting hit. Yeah. I find it interesting to what you just said about trauma because one person that was on here she was talking about um yeah trauma response and I think in general maybe it's just that as a society we think of trauma as these really big events but it can just be like you're saying like totally a trauma response to a stressful situation that you're in when you're 
So it happens more often than we think, I think. Yeah, yeah. 63% of people in Canada in 2021, <clears throat> I think it was either 63 or 65% said that they've been through a traumatic incident. And I'm like, I'm like sitting there looking at that statistic. I'm like, eh, I'm pretty sure we all just went through the pandemic. But yeah. uh, <laughs> right. But it's what we identify yeah. as trauma. And even the wording of trauma response, I find that in... Um, like especially on TikTok and things now, yeah. there's been a big, uh, a really big shift in people being um, more open about their mental health, which is absolutely incredible. But there's some people who are anti calling it trauma response because they feel it minimizes big traumas. Mm. And that if everything is a trauma, then what is trauma? And for me, I like to call them survival responses because that oh, like is that. actually what it is. It's a survival response. So it could be to something very small where I lose my shit because I'm at my max or whatever. Yeah. But it also can be associated with like a past relationship. Like any arguments yeah. I have with my partner typically associated with past relationships mm -hmm. that were, were traumatic. Right. And so, but that's still my survival response. It's my yeah. human response, really. Yeah, I, I like that survival I response. Too. I do Because I do, I do agree with the word trauma. Yeah. Everything, everybody uses it. And when you say, okay, there was a, let, let's say, yeah. uter like birthing, right? Birth trauma. Birth trauma. And then there's people like, well, you know, I don't want to talk because like what kind of trauma I'm not you know capable of talking about it mm -hmm. in that way because I I don't even know you know who I'm talking about I don't want to say the names so I'm just gonna oh. skip the part <laughs> so I'm, just try, skip I'm trying to I'm trying to like you know when you have a story and you're trying not to say who you're talking right. about whatever so I'm just gonna like uh, not talk move forward, move okay. forward. <laughs> but I, I can I, I can bring it in <laughs> you can't rein in it no no but I see what you're saying like it, I can see why people would say that calling everything a trauma does minimize these really big traumas that people go through. Mm -hmm. And not that we can say, oh, someone's trauma was bigger than another person's trauma. But I guess like it, we're not supposed to say that, right? Because well, you don't know. And we don't know <laughs> what will cause trauma for to somebody, somebody right? Because I could go through a car accident, walk out and be just fine. But someone can go through the exact same car accident and, like, and walk out with PTSD. Right. You just don't, don't know, know how mm -hmm. your nervous system is going to respond to negative stimulus. Yeah. And so we're, then we're saying like there's the little things that happen. I like that. I like mm -hmm. your theory. Yeah. Yeah. Gabor Mate, I think it was him who came up with big T, little T traumas, but big T traumas um, are the ones that are like the big, very obvious things. And mm -hmm. little T's, they say, are like the little moments that happen over and over again. So say you were bullied in school mm -hmm. and you constantly and continually are having like the stimulus of being told you're not good enough, mm -hmm. then those build up to become like a traumatic experience mm -hmm. for you. Yeah. So then, then it's... A big T. It goes from so a little T like to, to a big, big T. If you don't deal, if you don't deal with it, which no, is what like, we're no, going to no, anyway. Quite okay, ladies. Like, let me tell you. Go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's crazy to think about how many times we experience negative stimulus mm -hmm. in the world. And like I talk about it when I do um, laughter therapy, especially about how we need to be intentional about good, positive, happy moments because they are so few in mm -hmm. in between. We mostly feel negative stimulus, neutral stimulus, and we feel a little bit of happy stimulus. Tell mm -hmm. us your stat. You have the stat about that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard once and I still have to find the actual research or where, where that person um, found it. But she talks about how it takes one second or less for a negative memory to imprint into our mind. And it takes up to 12 seconds for a positive one. 
And so I am so much more intentional now. Like if I find what happened, like a feeling of happiness, joy, even if it's like very light, Mm -hmm. I savor that. Mm. isn't it? Because I don't know the next time I'm going to feel that brightness. Mm. And I luckily, like, I I love what I do for my career. Like, I absolutely love being a counselor. I, my clients are absolutely fantastic human beings. And the, the amount of time we spend laughing together and celebrating their wins, like when they come and they're like, oh, I've got this, this, and this to tell you about. And they're like, oh, I didn't have anything bad to say. And I'm like, but think about it. We just took an hour of intentional time to celebrate you. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. cool. Like how wonderful. Yeah. 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 We don't do that enough. We don't do it. No. And I feel like we don't, uh, like I remember when you did that talk at the Chic Retreat, I remember everyone that I was sitting with, like we were having a discussion about uh, like our kids, like, you know, trying to create those intentional moments to celebrate joy, which I feel like I haven't done, but I had every intention of doing at that retreat. But like, it's hard with kids sometimes. Cause like you said, the first memory you can remember usually is a negative memory. Usually. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's cause it's like one second to remember it. Yeah. yeah. So how can we, what, like if we're trying to create those memories for our kids, you're saying maybe identify those moments. Oh, this is a good moment. Yeah. And try to like really cement that in. Totally. And even getting to like improving your, um, like what words you use for to express happiness. So like looking at an emotions wheel and seeing all the different options that are there for all the different words you can use for happy feelings mm-hmm. and being able to f- even visualize together like a happy moment in time and feel that warmth wash over your body. Like literally know exactly what happiness feels like for you and for your littles too, because if they know what happiness feels like, they know how to try to access that feeling or savor those moments just a little bit more. Mm. I feel the only way to make my kids happy lately is, is snacks. Yeah. Ice cream <laughs> and dollar store. So <laughs> like, strange for a love of God. Yeah. Like, but that seriously. Tr- those bring me joy too. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, but then there is a problem, okay? We're just masking her with shopping sprees. I mean, I get that. I yeah. think like, you know, when I'm feeling, I notice that that's, Kind of my way out is like, I'll go shop, yeah, which is now so accessible yes. on Amazon and all the other places that you can just click and go. So I try to, when I'm feeling, you know, a certain way, I try to put the phone away yeah. because if I physically have to go to the store, I most likely won't and won't <laughs> spend the money. Yeah. But it's your the like packages, soothing mechanism. Yeah, it's my soothing. <laughs> yeah, it's the shopping. So I'm, I'm recognizing that that is... You know, it used to be eating because I had an eating disorder yeah. and then I would purge. So then that was my comfort. Yeah. So I'm, you know, past that. And then now it's shopping. I'm like, my gosh, this is crazy. So what do I do now? We we are all, all of us, all the time <laughs> craving feel good feels. Mm-hmm. So dopamine or oxytocin. Yeah. So oxytocin, very like the loving kind. Mm-hmm. And every time, even on social media, when we're like flipping through videos, like that 15 second thing, like we're, our attention span is yeah. lessening. So what I do for my own intention of trying to build up more joy, more joyous moments, not because I'm doing more, but because I'm giving myself more breaks from mm-hmm. the stuff that is like the quick fixes for happiness. Yeah. Um, like taking breaks from alcohol, taking breaks from other substances, um, giving yourself moments of time where you save up for for an item or yeah. shopping. But we are all desperately just craving to mm-hmm. feel better. 
Yep. We really are. And we live in a materialistic society. Thank yeah. you, capitalism. But they are ba- very much so like, you want more, you need more, right. you want to be like this, you need this. And the more we hear that messages, our subconscious believes that too. So then we also, especially for shopping or our body image or mm-hmm. any of these things, like, man, and drinking looks very glamorous until it's not too. Oh my so. gosh. Yeah. That I have true. to take a break. This summer, we had so many guests and we are get, our last guests of the season are leaving today. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I am done. Like yeah. I am done. Because Enter- when you're entertaining, you're constantly yeah. drinking. And you live in the Okanagan. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like, how <laughs> do you not? All the time. Yeah. <laughs> the wineries, the, this and whatever, right? So I do feel like I need a break. I'm taking mm-hmm. a break. People, I'm taking a, a health break. break. A yes. health break health break because when I do take breaks from alcohol because I do go through little chunks of time where I don't use any I feel better yeah overall body mind and soul and Mm -hmm. I don't drink frequently even Mm -hmm. when I am having drinks so yeah yeah I started watering my stuff down before the season because (laughs) it just I hydrate I hydrate (laughs) and everybody gives me flack about it but don't diss it until you try it because you will feel better the next morning I didn't water yesterday so so. This morning I was a little rough. Where are my cucumbers? I need to puff out these eyes. Yeah. Yeah. We went out on, I went out with a whole bunch of comics on Saturday night. Uh, two of my friends were comedians. We're supposed to be getting married on Saturday, but because of the wildfires, um, all of our family couldn't come in from Ontario. So they postponed the wedding. And so we still took the limo out and I went harder than I've gone in yeah. a very long time. And yesterday I was like, I will stay in a dark room. Yeah. <laughs> that is where I Nobody live Nobody talk to me. Nobody yeah, speak to me. Yeah. I will be useless today. Which yeah. also... I could have done, I should I should do more me being useless days minus the hangover mm-hmm. of days where I just do nothing yeah. just for me. And boredom, what something that we often are trying to avoid, boredom is actually such a good thing because it's a balancing act of like, when we're trying to feel pleasure and do all of these things that make us feel good, if we don't have enough downtime to just exist, mm-hmm. then we need more to feel more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's my kind of like my kids' problem is they don't know how to be bored. And I was thinking about how, like, I have this, I was just at a family reunion and I have these cousins. They're now almost in their, one, like, one of them's in their 20s, one's turning 20, one's 18. But they are the most, like, skilled, like, they're musicians, they're, like, creative artists, photographers. And my uncles always had this philosophy that, you don't when kids are in the room, like, let them be bored and don't give them a bunch of toys to play with. Like, that's how they raise them. And I'm like, oh, Cause you're so creative. Like they're so creative. And I'm like, my kids, the second they're like, oh, I'm bored. I'm bored. And they wallow in it. I want to teach them to be bored and then be creative. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, the same is that I, my kids have so much stuff and then they come to me. They're like, I'm bored. I'm like, okay, good. Get out of my face. Yeah. That's all I say. Yeah. I actually yeah. say, get out of my face. Cause it's such a trigger for me. Yeah. You have everything. You have trap like, and I'm like, get outside. You're yeah. not allowed back in until I tell you you were coming in. Mm-hmm. And then they went to the woods. They went to the woods with our, the other right. children, came back, scraped, bruised and whatever, but they were building forts. Aww. And like, yeah, it was so such nice. an experience. But like right now, if a kid comes to me and says, I'm bored, get out. Yeah. Outside, do not come back in. I mean, we did go like... We let them out the first time and they were gone for like two solid hours. We were like, Shit, we're, children. we're children. So we did have a bit of a rescue because they don't have phones. Yeah. They have phones, but they have plans, right? They right. have to be Wi-Fi because I'm like, I'm not sending them out with a phone to the woods. They're just going to sit there with a phone yeah, looking at yeah. TikTok videos, yeah. right? Yeah. So, in the woods. In the woods. <laughs> but the next time my mom gave them 
the phone. But what we did was we changed the password so all they could do is call. So smart. they couldn't get oh, on. That is smart. Yeah, they couldn't uh, get on. No, they gave, I actually, they I gave them my phone. Mm. No, I'm Baptist phone. Yeah, and then, so that's how we had to put the controls in. Yeah. So they wouldn't, yeah. So we it was good because then we could check on them and whatever. But they were so creative. They came, they're so happy. We had to hose yeah. them down. We went on the trampoline, we took the hose in because they were dirty, but they were so happy. Yeah, yeah totally. Right? But it's just that, get out. Well, and it feels no accomplished, right? Yeah. yeah, it feels accomplishing. Like, yeah. yeah, me flipping through TikTok can feel good, but if I go outside and like just walked around, yeah, or explored my neighborhood, mm-hmm. totally. I'm going to feel so much more fulfilled. Yeah. Even if I did, I, I go to the playground now. My partner and I—that's how we work out. Um, yeah. We go for a bit of a jog or a walk. We go to a playground and we do strength training on the playground and nice. like create that's little fun. obstacle courses to run around. We did that in Chilliwack <laughs> with my mom. I like saw kids, that video. Right? That was cute, yeah. So they had like a little, ops, like a running track, but then they had little climbing ladders and cool. whatever. So I'm like, okay, girls, we're doing a, you know, obstacle obstacle course. And yeah, we ran and then we went over and even my mom did it, right? Like my mom's 67 oh, and fun. she's like, she was giving me flag because it was like that rainbow kind of... Uh, ladder thing yeah. yeah, and I got to the top and I'm like oh shit this is kind of I haven't been on these for such a long yeah. time so I like <laughs> sat down and you know tried to maneuver and my mom was giving me flag she's like what you're not this is not and then she got up there and she's like oh, okay I'm gonna sit down I'm like yeah exactly mom it's yeah, been a while mom. since we climbed these things right but yep. it was so much fun just to do that activity together um, yeah instead of constantly so there are the activities where we con- like we put them in dance, soccer, this, mm-hmm. but they are all structured. Right. Yeah, for sure. Right? right. Sending them to the woods, they had to figure out their path, what they're building, the you know, all the materials. They were telling us all about the things that they found. They brought stuff home and they were so excited because they created something. Yes. It's unstructured it's play. It's unstructured yeah. play. And I feel like we have overstructured. Oh, for sure. The whole society. Because now, mm-hmm. you know, they can't, they don't know what, like we have to plan our kids' day. Mm-hmm. They come in the mornings like, what are we doing? I don't know. Go figure it out. Yeah, you that's know, what we used to do. Just figure it out. Yeah. I never came to my mom and <laughs> yeah, said, said, I'm, I'm bored. bored. What do I do? Or yeah, I what do I do now? Like you just played. Like you and went you were outside. Gone all day. Yeah. 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 And someone was recently telling me, I forget who it was. Maybe it was another one of my cousins, but they were saying that there's research out there that like we're a generation that just doesn't play. Mm-hmm. Like, and that we need, even as adults, like you're yeah. saying you went out and played, like yeah. we don't do that. No. no. Yeah. No, we often don't. And that's one of the things that I talk about with my clients a lot too, is like just bringing that joyous, that lightheartedness. Like yeah. so many people did have different types of hobbies and things, but ours like there's also hobbies that we enjoy and hobbies that we do just to keep ourselves busy. So I was even talking with my partner this morning. I was just saying, you know, like I've been so immersed in my business, which is beautiful and amazing, but I have not been nearly as intentional as I should have been with my laughter and my joy and Mm -hmm. my moments for me. And although all of the things I do bring me joy, I'm still not playing. And my partner, he's a banjo, uh, he's a musician. So he plays banjo and he makes tie-dye. His entire world is creativity. Mm -hmm. And he has made some big changes in his life because he was a journeyman electrician and he started and he went back to school and he hated it. And then now he's doing his creative art. Now that it's become 
a career for him is not quite as fun as it used to be. And so we're tr- we're both in this place of like, we're doing things we love, but how do we find things that we love that are just for ourselves yeah. outside of like... Yeah, making that's monetizing ha- yeah. them. You, that's, yeah. Uh, me, I had a photography company for 17 years. Wow. And at some point the joy was gone because yeah. it was a business. I had 10 photographers. like So it was just like a full-on machine. And all I was immersed in is like scheduling, advertising. Yes. But like everything else came in and the joy of actually taking and being creative was gone, but also did weddings. I did dabble in all the other ones, but mm-hmm. weddings were my money maker. So we just like focused on that. And you know, people say, oh, creative, but brides don't give you creativity. They <laughs> no, come you don't with get like creative a, freedom. You know, <laughs> oh, no, yeah. These are the photos I want. This is okay, the Pinterest the, list. Yes, <laughs> right? It's like, okay, well, at some, like, you know, I always told, because when we were hiring photographers, they wanted the creative, like, then you you can't be working weddings. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. There are times where you can, if, you know, we did have cool brides, but for the most part, they came with like a binder of the shit that they wanted. And then yeah. you're like, you know what? Just do it. Because I timing wise, like mm-hmm. to, if it was a larger bridal party, just get it done. Because guess what? They're going to be happy that they got these photos and then they're going to, you know, get us advertising. Yeah. Right? The yeah. Word of mouth is huge. So just give them what they want. You're in customer service. You're not yeah. selling art. You're selling your service. Totally. Right? And I, so it's it's different. So I, I stopped and now I do photos for myself. That's why I have like literally 65,000 photos on my Aww. iPhone, but it's for me, right? So yes. I have, not, it's now 75,408. Well, that's incredible. <laughs> right? She has so, so many pictures. I yes. do. And I have to like, make sure I have albums and whatever. Because yep. I'm like, shit, I can never find anything to go through like 74,000 photos. That's a lot photos. of photos. But you obviously like to capture a moment. Yes. I love it. That's you love my, to capture the beauty of a moment. I love it. And I love then look like going back. That's what gives me joy. Mm. Listening to the children's little kind of thing, right? Yep. I wouldn't, if I didn't do what I did and now they're enjoying it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right now they're more like, oh, picture, but give it, couple of weeks, they'll be like, mommy, mommy, remember that video you took? Can you, you know, yeah. show whatever, right? So I think they're and, starting yeah, to nice. kind of, my dad was a photographer too, not by hobby. Mm-hmm. And he did weddings in Poland, like during communism, whatever. So I have a lot of photos as a kid because he, that was his creative out- wow. outlet. So it's so nice to see yourself as a kid and, you know, just, yeah. cre- so I think I just took that on and Ran with it. Ran yeah. with it. Yeah. And actually, even like when you capture all the, those moments, like I was thinking about how like it was so annoying when we were on that float that time, like the kids were being obnoxious. Yeah, I know. Like we had to pull it. It was like longer than possible. When you look at those pictures, you do remember the fun about it too, yeah. right? So it takes away from some of that like, Negativity. oh my God, that was so annoying part of it. It's funny because I think because I do that, I don't have very many negative memories i mm, i have like this cool i have this thing about blocking things out maybe it'll come out at some point i will have that build up of the big t you know and it's gonna be like mental hospital for you <laughs> for a couple of months <laughs> but i do i like i always laugh i said i don't have that gene where i hold on to the negative stuff mm-hmm. 
Uh, and then people will be like, oh, remember this happened? I'm like, oh, I, don't, I, I don't remember because mm-hmm. I feel like I block it out. And then I capture the good stuff because that's what I want to focus on. I don't want to focus on the negative and whatever, mm-hmm. right? So... Yeah, I think that's... And that can actually be a very good, well-developed skill that you've already gotten Mm -hmm. for yourself because it can either, it can be either you've pushed it down and are putting Mm -hmm. it to the side and being like, I'm not thinking about this or you have a good ability that you've built up of being able to capture the good moments and the bad things. And that is one of the reasons why like gratitude practices are so Mm -hmm. important is because when we are intentional for looking for the good, our neural pathways will change to naturally start to do that in Mm -hmm. all areas of our lives. I need to do, I keep saying I'm going to do a gratitude thing again and I keep not doing it. So hold me to it. I'm going to do it this (laughs) week. (laughs) I I did do it for a while. I remember doing it every morning and I'd write five things I was grateful for. Mm -hmm. And just drink my coffee and do that instead of picking up my phone and like scrolling through yeah. mm-hmm. Instagram right away in the morning. And I did feel so much better. Yeah. It just made me think, appreciate things like health, everything, mm-hmm. a yeah. lot more. Yeah, yeah. I, lo- I loved doing, like I used to do it at work. I haven't been doing one as regularly lately and I can definitely tell in my mental health, but like... I used to do it every single night at 9 p.m. I would have an, an alarm on my watch and did not matter who I was with, I would get the person to do it with me. So even if I was working at the hospital and my alarm would go off, I'd say to my colleague, all right, it's gratitude time. And they're like, I don't know what's wrong with you. Like so many things, <laughs> yeah. but not my gratitude. <laughs> but like I would do that all the time. And and it was really good because I don't have to, writing it down actually makes it solidified in our minds a little bit more because our body is doing it with us. Um, but even just saying it out loud, or just saying it to ourselves just within a moment, it's still good. And to deepen it even further is if you think of the gratitude, tell yourself why you're mm-hmm. grateful for it, not just what you're gra- grateful for, right. but what is the deeper reasoning and meaning Behind within it. it. And that helps like deepen mm-hmm. it just a little bit more. Yesterday cool. I went to the uh, the restaurant in, Pen- no. Um, in Tech, no, oh. Speechland. Speechland. Yeah. Uh, and uh, there was a li- like one of the waitresses came up and out of like the blue, she's like, you're fabulous and you're fabulous. She, it was her and you're, you just don't hear enough how fabulous you guys are. But she said it to every single client, you know, whatever. Wow. So I was like, oh my gosh. And then it got us talking, got us smiling and whatever. It just changed the whole atmosphere of the restaurant. I totally forgot about that that's until brilliant. you said something, right? That like cool. bringing, maybe that's her like moment that at this Time, I'm going to tell everybody how fabulous they are or whatever she says, right? And yeah. like even just thinking about that right now, how are you feeling in your body remembering? Yeah, well, that's good. Like, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I always do. So I try to compliment people, mm-hmm. especially women, uh, when they look fabulous. You know, mm-hmm. some, we're walking and if I see, you know, an older or younger, it doesn't matter. And I feel she looks beautiful. I will actually come up and say, you look fantastic, Oh, I love your look or mm-hmm. whatever. And you could see their demeanor change. Yeah. They're like, oh, you know, instant smile. And what, you know, I haven't come across anybody going oh, weird or shut up or anything <laughs> yet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but at some point, maybe. Yeah. But yeah, I just love doing that because I know when somebody says that to me, a random stranger, yeah. you know, it, that change inside of you. Right, yeah, like a little like spark, a little happiness, and then your yeah. day changes. That could have been in the shittiest mood, and then somebody says, "Oh, you know, 
great whatever, right? You're like, totally. well, they are great. Yeah, yeah, thanks, right? So I feel like we need to do a little bit more of that. Totally. In yeah. this world, because everybody, you know, has this like, go, go, go. And in the passing and you never know what a person is going through totally. until you kind of, or you, you could have saved somebody. I always tell myself I might have saved somebody because I, you know, it's negative true. and yeah, whatever. And then you change that pattern, thought pattern, right? Yeah. With something positive. Totally. And then sends them on a different projected. Yeah, totally. or like when you see someone comment a mom, I've seen people be like, you're doing such a great job or yeah. like, hey, you've got this or like when you're in a stressful moment as a parent, like, yeah. and then you just feel so much better. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, speaking of that moment. So I was in Chilliwack at Cultus Lake sitting having ice cream with my kids and there was a family on the next picnic table and had a like a toddler, you know, maybe she was one and a half, one-ish, one and a half sitting there. Is that a, is that a baby or a toddler? <laughs> Toddler. As soon as they can walk, that's okay. why they're called a toddler. So okay, because they toddle. Yeah. Uh, so she was sitting and trying to like, you know, they were talking, and then the kid was sitting there. They at first they were paying attention, but then they got distracted, and the kid plopped face first onto the sand, right? And then you could hear like the quiet and their horror. And then the kid, you know, they lifted the kid up and the siren, right? And they felt so bad. They were kind of looking around, like who saw that they were worried about being judged, right? And I sat there, I'm like, ah, you should have seen these two. They were my war children, you know, because they felt so many, like you you can't always control everything. So, you know, I made them laugh and whatever, because I'm like, I know how I felt when my kid did something where I wasn't paying attention. You know, and we get so scrutinized for not, you do not watch kids 24 seven people. It's impossible. There will be times they will get hurt. So stop judging people, moms or dads, whatever, because there's no way in hell you're going to be perfect. Oh yeah. I think people do feel judged all the time as a parent. So yeah. I just, I don't, I don't care anymore. Yeah, I, I just, and that's like, such a good place to be yeah. when when you get to a space where you're living enough within your systems of values mm-hmm. that the other people's projection of their values on you does not yeah. matter as much because that's right. what it is. If someone's judging me, they're projecting their values and their worldview yeah. on yeah. me. And if I'm living within the worldview that I feel aligns with my values, mm-hmm. no one can penetrate that. No, I like that. That's <laughs> like the cloak that what's her name talks about that parenting lady. Can't think of her name, but I love her. And uh, Janet Lansbury, she's like talks about like a cloak that you wear as like a shield when everybody else is judging you and your kid is like deregulated and you need to Mm. regulate. And that if people are like, my that kid is a pain in the ass, then you just like have this like cloak around you, like your superhero cloak where you're like, I'm not going to let this judgment like get past this space I'm creating or whatever, Yeah, which is something I really need to work on because I do sometimes get... Like lately, my one kid has some serious like anger going on and uh, I find it difficult if we're out because I, you see other adults get annoyed about it or like get annoyed like at the behavior Mm -hmm. and I'm like, okay, I need to redirect this behavior, but also... Yeah, yeah, then I feel frazzled. Like I feel judged. Yeah, so and like, when we're oh. frazzled and ju- feeling judged too, we might not be actually able to tell what other people are thinking. They they could be thinking, oh gosh, this poor mama, like she must mm-hmm. be so stressed. But then we make assumptions, right? Yeah. But we get, when we have like fight or flight energy, when we're trying to, and I like to call it urgency, when we feel like a, a sense of urgency that we have to do something. So if the child's crying, there's this urgency of like, make them stop. But we can be so hyper vigilant about everyone's behavior. So even if someone's like mildly like, oh, I don't like when children cry, 
it can feel like this person is like daggering Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. we are activated and desperately wanting someone to say, girl, you got this. Yeah. Right. It's okay. It's It's one of the, one of the reasons why so many people don't get as, um, as traumatized from big events like a wildfire or like a natural disaster, because there's a community that's happening and experiencing it together. So if we ever have like a very tough circumstance that happens in our lives, that's distressing, even if it's a small one, Having that knowledge and support and finding support could be one of the best ways to reduce that fight or flight feeling and get us back into a more regulated space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think like oh, you can see that totally with all the things happening in Kelowna, like that sense of community is really yeah. strong. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. I don't even know what time it is. I feel like, is it the end? <laughs> yeah almost. it is yeah, 10 50 oh my yeah. gosh it is the end okay <laughs> no but like also one thing I wanted to ask you before it's like actually the end is that I wanted to ask you about okay so I've been thinking a lot about how you know how we have these qualities that sometimes are like a strength but sometimes are like a weakness right <laughs> so I'm trying to learn how to like foster so my daughter like one of her annoying qualities. And I was thinking about this when I was at the peony the other day is she wanted to play the games and we had said no games. Cause like we didn't have much time, extra money. It's like people are, kids are crying when, you know, one kid wins a toy, you spend like $50 not winning anything. Yep. So we're like, no, she was so persistent. She wouldn't let go. Like, okay, but now can we play a game? I just had to keep saying, no, we already talked about this. Like I already answered the question. Like now I want to throttle you. But that mm-hmm. same quality is actually her biggest strength because it's what's made her as a three-year-old be the kid who climbed up the highest. It made her learn how to do the monkey bars because she will not quit. My cousin taught her how to use silks last week. She was like, I need to try again. I don't know how to do it. I need to try again until she mastered it. Like this is a great strength that she has, but it's hard to remember in the moment when I'm like, you're so fucking annoying. Stop asking me the same goddamn question. So I don't know. How can I foster that and be like, stop asking the damn question, but know in my head, okay, this is your strength. But you just did it. I guess I did it. Finding the strength in it. Finding the strength in the quality. And then just reminding myself that when I'm like, if she asks this again, I'm going to just <laughs> lose it. Not lose it. <laughs> well, and finding ways to just feel like not as heavily impacted by it, I guess. So mm-hmm. like if mm-hmm. you can reduce the intensity for yourself in any way, and sometimes it's just as simple as finding ways to just regulate our body in the moment. Like if if their quality is activating something in us and we're like, you know, this is just a piece of them. This is their age, whatever that is, and that we can't really change it and nor do we want to fully change it. There's a time and, string, a time and place for all of our strengths, of course, but like knowing how it is a strength, not just an annoyance is huge. And the other thing is what can you do for yourself in those moments to help re-regulate your system so that your heart rate goes down and the annoyance right. feeling isn't quite then, yeah, as intense. That's, yeah, that, that's, that's the trigger, right? Because yeah. then they will they will double down. Yeah, like, they will. regulation They're is like, a oh, thing. she's triggered. Let's keep she's triggering her. <laughs> yeah, no, a hundred percent. Because I, I, Kayla does the same thing, you know? And then for me, I just like, I just started tapping. Mm. And then I said... Baby, what did I say? Right. I have her repeat it. Yeah. And when she repeats it, it somehow sticks. Because if I just go, no, stop it. No, yeah. no. She'll keep picking at me. Yeah. Right. But then I mean, I get down to her level and I say, what did I say? Repeat that word. Every word. And if she can't remember, I said, okay, now I'm going to repeat exactly yeah, I what I said. <laughs> I repeat and back. then you will tell me what I said. Yeah. And now we are done. Yes. Because then I will like start yeah. 
you know, it is it is all about regulating ourselves mm-hmm. because I feel we all have triggers. Of course right? we do. Yeah, for and sure. it's not Absolutely. that like, you know, it, it's more mastering our own reactions versus because at the end of the day, really, so they ask us, we can say no. And yeah. just go, go no, keep saying no, yeah. no, no. And just be chill about it. But because it oh, is a yeah. trigger, it flames, you know, and I it's know. like it's the like, eyes and like, yeah. yeah. And it so, depends on our day too and how, yeah. how our day was already going. Like, do we have like the ability to take on a full type mm-hmm. of stress or do we not? Because our level of tolerance for things also ebbs and flows based on yeah. every circumstance that we're experiencing experiencing. So some days I'll have a trigger and it's not too bad. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, that sucked, but here we go. I'm moving through another day. It can feel like the end of the world. Yeah. Right. It was funny too, because like, you know how we go on the float and we already come with this assumption that it's going to be shit at the beginning because we have to inflate, deflate. The kids are going to be whining, blah, 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 blah. Right. Cause it's like, oh my God, every time we go, I just want to fucking kill them. I'm just like, why do we do this? I'm like, we do this for you. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. You, you, this time... Did you rent it? No. Oh. This time, I was telling myself, I'm, I'm like, no, it's going to be great. Lee called and they're like, oh, you, yeah, I just left. And, you know, I know this is what's going to happen, but we're going to create a new experience. And we did. Yeah, that's It good. was so freaking smooth. But because I didn't come in with that whole, it's going to be shit. So yep. we'll just deal with it. It'll be fine once we get on the water. It was okay when we, like, yeah. it was okay. Like it was yeah. the best inflatable experience. experience. <laughs> so far, like, it was like, yeah, I was like, holy shit! There was like, you're like, was yeah, I'm like I might do this because like Lee's like, no, I'm checked. I'm not going on the float, right? Like, like it's not happening. But uh, <laughs> he's a little like, traumatized from that last experience. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, but but it was amazing. Oh but it's gosh. the approach that is, yeah. you know, it's, it's incredible what we're setting ourselves up for with the day. Like mm-hmm. Dr. Amen, who wrote the book, um, you happier has an entire section about if you just wake up and every single day, say the words, today is going to be a good day or today mm-hmm. is going to be a great day. You're setting up your mind to not be looking for all of the things that are going to confirm that it's bad. Yeah. Cause we love to we be do. right. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't yeah. love to be right about my anxiety, but I know I will, I will confirm it. Yeah. I will. Mm-hmm. If I go into the day, anticipating that that's what it's going to be like. Yeah. It's crazy. I know. And I guess we can always, it's hard when you're super triggered, but to remember, but we can't always control Mm -hmm. our own reaction. That's all we really can Mm -hmm. control. Right. And the tapping tapping does help. Oh my gosh. Like I'm creating new ways of like dealing with stuff. Yeah. Um, And yeah, when I was feeling something yesterday, we went on the boat and like these thoughts were coming in. And I'm like, nope, I'm not going to do it. And I just started tapping, yep. whatever. And then just saying, you are phenomenal. You're amazing. You're strong. You're, you know, it's not your. I did. I started, but it should, it has to be. I, I am. I am. <laughs> so I did all that. I'm like, fuck. I said, your. It's not your. It's I am. So then you had to start I, again. I had to start again. <laughs> well, at least you know, restarted. I did restart because again, it's the language. It's yeah. language is so important. And to be so specific and asking for what you need and want, mm-hmm. not going, you know, in the mushy-mushy directions. But Totes. yeah, so that yeah. that really, really, really helped. Mm-hmm. And like, and it's it's funny too. Like, um, like Parker was saying, it was the worst day of his life the other day, and I was like, really, like, um, I just spent hundred fifty dollars to like go to this thing for you, and like all this stuff. 
And I was like, you know, we went out for lunch. We did all these things. And I was like, just had to like stop for a minute. I said to my sister, I'm like, oh my God, this is like such a trigger for me right now because I just spent so much money. And she's like, me too. And so we were like, okay, let's just calm down. And like, we talked, both of us talked ourselves out of it. And we were like, okay, this is, they're just hungry. It's the end of the day. We're going to end it on a high. And then we changed our attitude. The kids went on the last ride. Some of them were pissed at first because they wanted a different ride. When they got off, they were like, that was the best ride of the day. And then we bought some treats on the way out and everyone ended on a high. Yeah. That was like, it was all a mental shift. Yeah. Because we and could have how, left being like, that was awful. Why yeah. did we do this? Like, yep. And tell, make them wrong for saying yeah. that. Yeah. Then, because uh, it is the worst day ever. Yeah. Oh. Is a huge trigger for me. But it's like, oh no, because it's, it's not, a, sure. I'm like, well, if this is the worst day ever for you, you will have a beautiful life. <laughs> and then I walk away. Because <laughs> like, uh, my hair goes to buckle up. Buckle yeah. up. <laughs> right? You're like, going to have children one day yeah. who are not going to be thrilled about the, the day. Because yeah. they are going to say this to you and yeah. that will feel bad. Yeah. It'll be bad. Yeah. yeah. Or like then Parker started saying, okay, maybe not the whole day. Maybe it's the worst two minutes of my life. Yeah. Now it's the worst 10 minutes of my life. Yeah. Like, yeah. Sure. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. But it is. It's just like, I stopped reacting to yeah. it. Yeah. in that way yeah. it's just like well that sucks great <laughs> no you'll have a fabulous life if this was the worst day ever yes. yeah like, so bringing it back to humor I guess yeah, yes. yeah. yeah. truly so find the joy truly yeah alright All right. well, well thanks for ha- coming yeah. Yeah. thanks for having us <laughs> Thanks for having us in your presence. Yes. <laughs> that was awesome. Oh, that was fun. Yeah. Okay. So, do oh, wait, a, yeah. where can they find you? Oh, yeah. You can find me at a few different places. Um, I'm on the TikTok and the Instagram at anotherchapter.ca, or you can follow me on Facebook, Another Chapter Counseling is what it says. Um, if you're in the nursing or healthcare profession, I can also be found at Therapy for Nurses on both TikTok and Instagram. And yeah. I'm just running around doing my thing, living in Kelowna. So mm-hmm. awesome. I know. And we didn't ask you any rapid fire questions, but like, I don't, I didn't even think of any, but like, what's the thing right now in your life that brings you the most joy? My cats. Your cat. Oh, oh my God. My cats. The cat, cat lady. People. I just bought, I just bought a <laughs> hammock for the window for my mm-hmm. cats. And I, I, every single time I turn around the corner and my, one of my cats is sitting in this window hammock, mm-hmm. I like am so joyous. Mm-hmm. It brings me, it's the hammock. It's the window hammock. No hammock. Cats. For me, is when the cat comes and like hers and like spreads his, and I'm like, yes, yes you are mine. You are the only thing in this house, and he only comes when I'm like cat people. When I'm yeah, when I, I'm stressed. We, well, you started something. We'll have a cat show one day. I love it. And yeah, it's like there is like something about the noise, the purring, yes. that takes the stress. Away, yeah. and I love it. Nobody else can take my stress away like my cats. <laughs> like the one Unless cat. I take the medication. <laughs> so, okay. all right. Well, thanks for being here. Yes, thank, thank you for you. having me. Okay. Next time. Woo. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Now we want to hear from you. And don't forget to follow us at Let's Not Sugarcoat It Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time. Bye. Bye.